You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. We a therapeutic podcast here back. I ain't rapping, I ain't a rapper, but I'm happy. <laughs> What's Bar- up? What's bars. up? I, man, I was just feeling myself. Yeah, you, you came in strong. I did. I didn't. I usually hit him with the A. No, yeah. I came yeah. in with the words this time. <laughs> that's how. That's how I feel. That's how I feel on this on this Memorial Day. Yeah. Um. Well, it's Memorial Day. Uh-huh. Um. Everybody, take time today, I guess, and thank, um, your. Well, I guess you can thank your veterans, but thank those who 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 died in. War, yeah. I guess, for yeah. what we what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, and I say that to say this also. Um, you know, black people have been in in every war on this soul, every single one of them. Hmm. Did you know that? No. Even even down to the Continental Army, even down to the damn British Army who was over here fighting, because the British said if you fight for us, we'll give Be you independence. Free, yeah. So we've been in every war on this soil on both sides. That's crazy. Is it not crazy? A tool, a weapon. A weapon. To be pointed. Exactly. Always wow. been that way. Um, but anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. Sorry I went off on a tangent, but welcome to Black Guy Therapy. We are a therapeutic podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, know that we are a therapeutic podcast and we are here um, for you. We're designed for black men uh, to vent about issues uh, that affect them daily. But, you know, um, we're also black dudes. So yeah. uh, we talk about black issues in general. Right. Um, anyway, hello, Joe. I didn't even introduce you this morning. Oh, uh, this, right. it is this morning. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even introduce you this morning. That's all right, man. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. All right. <clears throat> I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, man. No sleep. Living the dream. <laughs> so. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. That's the life. Um, got anything to say? I haven't seen you in a while. No. I mean, like you, I'm just happy that things are starting to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, you know. These folks here in America do a fantastic job of going too far. So as yes. they as they loosen the, the, the rope just a little bit, everybody yes. goes and hangs themselves. So I'm just hoping that we don't see a secondary spike, which more than likely is going to happen. It's already happened. It's, yeah. In, in some states, it's already happened. Um, in Florida, there's been some spikes. In Arkansas, there's been some spikes. Um, I, after seeing the picture of Ocean City, Maryland, yeah. have you seen that? No, I saw the one in New Jersey and then one in another one in Florida. Okay, well, after seeing that, it's it's probably going gone back up. So, yeah. uh, herd mentality, I guess that's how they feel now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I saw a, a a post and it was it said something about I, I know I'm going to misquote it, but it talked about the silence from the government basically in terms of issues that impacted people of color. So. Deaths for people, men of color, uh, deaths, deaths for women of color, uh, educational uh, injustices, I guess you could say, but there being a lack of resources for education in these communities, all these things that are currently impacting the community of people of color. And then it said, quarantined and not able to go to the beach, the biggest injustice ever, <laughs> you know, just kind of poking yeah. fun at what is and what is not important to this country. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think I saw something like that, too. Um, uh, but I think it, it was more of, I think it had to do more with, uh, crap, what what am I trying to say? Ah, um, just in general. So this one said school shootings, silent. Mass shootings, silent. That's Police it. brutality, silent. That's it. Opiate addiction, silent. Kids in cages. Silent. Homeless vets. Silence. Closed beach. This is oppression like this country has never seen. That's it. That's <laughs> the one right there. Yes. I mean, have you seen the one with the lady who has the who has the sign of um, it said mask equals slavery? And she had a picture <laughs> of a uh, black man that had the, the face, the, the old face mask on that they used to put on slaves. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Yes. She, and she marched on the hill with this one. I don't know what state it was. Um, but yeah, it was, it was bad. And I'm sure it was, it was a Karen. Oh, you already know. That's unfortunate. And, and that blows my mind that, that, you know, white folks have this selective, like outrage. Yeah. The pissed off that they can't get a haircut and they can't go to the beach, but yet 
they're not pissed off when somebody shot dead in the street mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying like or in their home right and it doesn't if it doesn't affect them they just don't really care yeah, it doesn't resonate it doesn't it doesn't compute somehow another thing that I found very interesting was DJ Vlad who mm-hmm. who famously went and said that reparations is a horrible idea because it will bankrupt the country so not paying it, but maybe in the form of free education for people of color. Mm. He put another post out. I don't know when it was, but I just saw this. And he said all the same things I I, I remember saying X, Y, Z. He said, but then COVID-19 hits and the government magically comes up with trillions. Yeah. He said, I can admit when I was wrong. Oh, yeah. And I appreciated that, but it didn't change the fact that he's still in the same position he was in prior to it. So the question is, your admittance to making that foolish assessment, what does it equate to? Yeah. And and the platform that you have, how will you now use it to yeah. try to further that? And that's where I don't think there will be any change. So I'm glad he said it. Yeah. I'm glad he said it, but I, I seriously doubt that there will be anything where it makes him want to become a champion for anything outside of his own well-being or welfare. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's interesting because – that's been what you said has been something that 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 critics have have said since the beginning. Yes. How do we pay for this? How yes. do we pay for this? How do we and, and even paying for that? How do we pay for universal health care? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to be on universal health care. Right. I mean, if you want to have your own choice, that's that's your yeah, right. That's right? your choice. <laughs> but it should be available if I need. Yes. It. Um, but again, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? But we just gave every American family twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And it was we just passed a what was it three trillion dollar? Was it three trillion? Some trillion. I don't I think know. It was three trillion. Now, how much would it cost to do universal health care? Again, <laughs> a fantastic question. I'm assuming you're gonna pull up some 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 data on that. But while we're doing that, another thing that I've been wondering during this current situation is. There was a point in time when every time I turned on, and, and I'm not going to pretend like I watch the news, like turn on regular basic television and I'm watching channel two, four, seven, whatever, yeah. the news. But anytime I would turn on YouTube, every video it seemed, every everywhere I turned, it seemed like it was right in my face, the numbers. And I know that they're still showing some numbers, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're not talking about it as much as they were before, almost like it's losing its, its appeal, so to speak. And, and it could just be, what I'm looking at and what I'm doing, maybe yeah. that I don't know, but my habit hasn't changed. What I've been doing is the same thing I was doing. And I, I we went to the dollar store yesterday to pick up uh, something for the for the garden out back. And we're in there with masks and gloves and, and got a bag with wipes and sanitizer. And I told Christina before we went, I was like, Ooh, I don't know about the dollar store. That It seemed like that would be the place where you get it. Yeah. Not one person in there, employee or patron had any of that stuff on. So we look like the weirdos. Yeah. And I'm like, man, to the point we just made about the beaches, what's going to happen in the next six months? Well, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have a handful of people who are going to follow the rules, and you're going to have a handful of people who are not going to follow the rules. You know, and that's up to them. If mm-hmm. you like, like, I, like I tell Victoria all the time, if you don't want to wear a mask and you want to risk your life, it's, it's just like being in a car without a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. That's on you. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let you die first. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to I'm stay on I'm this side on. for a little bit while. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit while longer. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back, back to the healthcare. 2.2 trillion. That's all. That's all. To, to, get, it, to get it up and started. 2.2 trillion. Wow. And we just passed a $3 trillion bill. That, that passed because obviously everybody got their money. I got right. my money. Right. Likewise. So think about that. So now the question is, why can't we do it for reparations? I mean, you just gave every single family in America this money. Yeah. And and African-Americans only make up 14%. So you, you're giving a fraction of that. So so let me ask this. If 14%, what what do you think that number actually equates to here in the United States? I don't know. 
We can find out. We can ask the Googler. Yeah, ask, ask, ask Google real quick because I, I, I would like to try to put some numbers to this real quick. And, and then we can jump into the topic after that. Okay. Let's see. How many black people are in the United States? Mm-hmm. And the Googler says... Dun, 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 13.4% as of 10 years ago. Okay. Um. So... But it doesn't give me ah. Maybe it gives me an actual number. Yeah, I would be curious if it does. No, it just keeps giving me percentages. A percentage. <laughs> but it does. What does it say is the total population of the U.S. Okay, so yeah, just do is three hundred and twenty three twenty eight two thirty nine five twenty three times point one four. There it is. And what does that give us? Wait, how many million was that? Three hundred twenty-eight million two hundred thirty-nine thousand five hundred twenty-nine times point one four. So let's say forty-six million. Forty-six million of us. So if they were to give every person of color here in the United States one million dollars, that is only. Wow. $46 million. Wow. Problem solved. All of them can shut up and be quiet. This is yep. I, this is me looking at it from that perspective. There's only 46 million quote-unquote African-Americans in the United States. Give them all a million dollars. We don't have to hear this reparations conversation. We don't have to hear any of this anymore. Yep. That's interesting to me also. Because to your point, $3 trillion Trillion with a T. With a T. <laughs> not not billion, but trillion with a T. Forty six million. Forty six million dollars. Tax That's free. It. I, I need, it needs to be tax. Tax free. Because Ta- now essentially what you've done, you've put everybody on the same playing field. That's it. Now you have the ability to go out and either ruin your life. Yep. Or prepare future generations. With this wealth that can just continue to build on itself. But you know they're not going to do that. At all. You know why? Yes, but. (laughs) (laughs) You know why they're not going to do that. You know, funny, I say it all the time. I can't think of one culture, one society, one power at any point in time that was in control. Yep. That willingly said, hey, let's be nice to the people that don't have. Let's bring them up to speed. Let's even the playing field. We don't really want all this power. The Mayans, the Aztecs, the Romans, the Greeks, the Spanish, the Moors. I mean, yep. you name it. No group willingly said, here, here's this. America's no different. We try to pretend like this is really land of the free, home of the brave. That's not the case. Nah, not at all. So, and that's not, a, I mean, it's not the worst place on the world to live. But when people it don't acknowledge what the country really is, to me it is. Yeah, based off of that concept, but I mean, I, I, and I'm I'm right there with you. There is this false sense of pride yes. here, um, yes. that, that, and <clears throat> a lot of those um, good, hard-working, blue-collar people mm-hmm. are the ones you see who who exercise that false sense of yes. pride. The, the same ones who will tell you to stand up for the flag, mm-hmm. but you know will cuss you out for for protesting something yes brutality yes right yes so uh, yeah i i get what you're saying man you you preaching to to the choir on that one but dang 46 million i mean think about it you give every every black family 40 or a million dollars right mm-hmm. do what they need to do who's gonna be in the military who's gonna work who's gonna work the low-level jobs right who's gonna do you know what i'm saying like yes. it, it would it would definitely uh, create an imbalance yep. in in a system that has been on the backs of us since the beginning. Yes, sir. So it would completely upset the whole structure of this country. And depending, because I believe in my heart of hearts, there are enough people of color who want to do something more and would just need that influx of cash to make it happen. Yep. There's so many entrepreneurs and great ideas and thought leaders out there that don't just don't have the funds and a million dollars would be way more than what they would need to get it started. How many businesses would we have 
I believe, I firmly believe, if we were to receive one million dollars, and not even per house, not on, I don't want to say per household because that that'd be the easy way out. Yeah, per person, forty six million dollars. If every household was given one million dollars, I mean, every individual was given one million dollars, we could potentially go back to a, a Seneca Village or a Black Wall Street where we wouldn't need to venture out nah. the way we did the mathematics on how long a dollar stays in each community. Yeah. Our, our dollar would stay in the community for so much longer because people right now, I do feel because of social media, we're the most knowledgeable because the information is readily, yeah. readily available to us. And when I say knowledgeable in terms of Just, what's going on yeah, like right knowing, now, knowing what's, yes. <laughs> what's going on in the world, right? Know? Not saying that we are the smartest. Exactly. Yeah. That's not the case, but having the most information available right now about right now, Man, it would be crazy. There's no way I could see the government that we reside under allowing that to happen. Yeah, that would that would be insane. I mean, you essentially, you essentially, you know, I, I'll I'll be honest. I think we would self segregation would definitely happen again. Yep. Yep. Um, we're gonna build because think about it. You got these activists out here who are going hard. We need new schools for our kids. They're gonna take their million. Put it Build in their school. neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to get some of their other friends like, hey, let's put this together. Let's bring our kids in yep. and let's start something new. Yep. Right? Yep. And then you got somebody who's going to be like, you know what? Let's put a restaurant here. Mm-hmm. Let's put a store here. We got yep. a million dollars. So we, we essentially have just gone back to what we came yes. from. Yes. So not only does it, you know, it unbalances the system that we have now, but it almost pushes us. I say it pushes us backwards. It pushes us backwards in terms of progress in the United States, but mm-hmm. it pushes us forwards in terms of progress of black Within people our in culture. the United States. Yes. So. Yes. Double edged sword, mm-hmm. but a problem that we did not create. Exactly. Ugh, that's, ooh, man, I'm just trying to think. Matter of fact, I ain't even thinking, all right, know what I'm going to do with my million if I had it. <laughs> Likewise. All right, know what I'm building. And I know it's going to build and continue to build. So it's crazy. But. Um, you know, we we say all this today just to, you know, give people a sense of something, you mm-hmm. know, something to think about yeah. on, on this Memorial Day. Let you know, hey, look, we, we do. This is Memorial Day. This is a day of ref, ref, uh, reflection, reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. But at the same time, we got to move forward, too. Yeah. So um, black people in America, we we know when we talk about this all the time, we ain't always been treated the best mm-hmm. um put it lightly uh-huh uh yeah to put it lightly i mean and there's a whole group of people who are still on this planet uh in the in these united states mm-hmm. who dealt with segregation my grandparents like you know and they're chill. my grandparents my mom <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you you think about people who are in their 60s 70s mm-hmm. 80s 90s those people segregation yeah at least in the, I mean, there's segregation everywhere. I mean, obviously it was open in the South. It was more subtle in the, in the Northern North, yeah. States uh, with redlining and all that other mm-hmm. nonsense. But um, anyway, that just saying that brings me to the point of kind of what I wanted to discuss today. Mm-hmm. When did you know that the world didn't care about you? Yeah. And, and and I say that because, you know, I think as chi- obviously as children, we have this, this you know, the the world is this great place, yeah. and everybody is my friend, yeah. and I'm gonna be okay. But you know, as you experience things in life, and and granted, for our kids now, it's it's different because that rate that you know that racism that used to happen isn't isn't so blatant anymore um so like let's take let's take me growing up i went to a school black and white kids right Mm -hmm. went to a high school black and white kids went to a college all types of people and here i am and i feel that everything is good but there are some people who growing up as a kid Mm -hmm. learned pretty early that that the world didn't care about them especially for example, I'm gonna use my grandmother. She told me a story. She said she her grand her grandmother said, "Hey, go to the store, get me my medicine." 
mm-hmm. and here's however many cents to get your ice cream cone. So she would take the money from her grandmother, walk to the store, get her med- her grandmother's medicine, get her ice cream cone, and the cashier wouldn't give her a change. <laughs> so think about this. She learned at a young age that don't nobody care about me other than my people. Yeah. Like my, my family. Yeah. And everybody, it goes, it goes to everybody in a, in a different stage of life. Like, I think that I realized that the world didn't care about me for real, for real. I mean, I think I've always kind of known, but when I, when it really hit me was when, you know, I was out of school and, um, you know, I, I was in a situation where with a, with a police officer and, you know, and, and, because of who I am now, like it worked out. But if I was somebody else, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been favorable, mm-hmm. right? And then I think at that point I was like, "Wow, this is where we are as America. Yeah. We're still experiencing these things, and these people still don't care about me because mm-hmm. I know they're not doing this to no, no white folks, yeah. right?" So that's the question for today. Yeah. When did you realize the world was not your friend? Yeah. So when you first sent that question to me, I I, I sat with it for a while. Just thinking like all the different situations and, and to your point, I thought I, I want to go a little deeper into what you were saying, because I don't think most people understood or will understand. They'll probably be like, oh, well, it was he had rose colored glasses. The reality is there's situations that happen to us from birth. Yep. But when it really, really resonates, it shouldn't be until you get old enough to really understand what you were, where you come from, for real, for real where you are today in understanding the treatment for both. So understanding that there, there's a, a power in our past. There's kings, there's queens, there's riches, there's wealth, there's culture. There's all this amazing stuff that we come from originally that we were basically cut off from, right? Right. Now, the things that are held in high regard are your athletes, your, your movie stars, your musicians, things like that. And unfortunately, a lot of times the stories for these folks, they got to that position because of a skill set that they had. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we're idolizing people based on a skill like being able to play basketball really, really well shouldn't make you a role model. What you do while playing basketball should. So for me, when I first realized the world wasn't my friend, I had, again, several instances that I thought about growing up. But it, like you, it was not until even the job that I'm at right now was when it, not even the job that I have now, but within the last five years. Number one, we were at church and I told you this story. I told it here before, but there were so many different instances where things were said. It was a predominantly white church, probably white, then Hispanic, then small pocket of black. Yeah. Several instances came up where dealing with culture and race and a lot of the stuff that I was hearing was was inflammatory, in my opinion, specifically in the direction of Colin Kaepernick and other other brothers who were standing up for social injustice. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a church. Number one, where the whole theme of the Bible is to love. Yep. You're telling me you love me, but you're not even standing shoulder to shoulder with me to fight against these issues. So I was like, and this is the common theme for all the churches I've ever been a part of or ever been to to visit. Not to say that there aren't any churches where they're predominantly white, where they're out there fighting on the front line. But what I noticed is they'll send missionaries out of the country. They'll do stuff in other places. But the majority of the people that went to the church we went to right here in Antioch Mm -hmm. didn't even live in Antioch. They moved from Antioch. Why do you think they did that, Todd? Well, it got too black for them too fast. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> now, I, I guarantee you, if you ask, they wouldn't say that, but they'd probably say, oh, just, you know, we want to be in a more safe spot or no, a better school system. I was, I was, exactly what I was going to say. Well, we we wanted our kids to, to be in a better system yeah. for schools. That, yeah. That's 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 99% yeah. of white folks answer when you ask them, well, why did you move from, well, we just, it's a better school system over here. Mm-hmm. And we want to give little Johnny the opportunity. Best opportunity. Come on now. So for me, putting all that together and really unpacking what that means, like you claim you love people, but you don't do this. You claim you love this community, 
but you don't even live here. You moved because you wanted something better for yours, but not theirs. So the tax dollars that will come from you to help build this up is gone. Yep. And you don't care about that. You don't even think twice about that because it doesn't matter. When I thought about that, because there's all again, there's all these instances that I thought about run ins with people like white folks when yep. I was younger that were obviously racist situations, even to my my middle school principal. I'm like, man, that all pales in comparison to the understanding I have now at 40 that these people that I went to church with that were telling me how much they love me and love my family. And, oh, we just love your family. You guys are so great. We miss you. We want you to come back. But you don't even care about the other folks. You care about me a little bit because we now have a little bit of a connection because we go to church together. Yeah. So there's a, a little bit of a glimpse into the experience of a man of color, woman of color, children of color, a family of color. But you have no intentions of truly investing in that community. Man, and you listening to you say that just made me think of the movie A Time to Kill. You remember A Time to yes. Kill? Where where Matthew McConaughey and Samuel they got to arguing. Because he was like, you won't, you, you won't even come to my side of town. Mm-hmm. So our, our kids will never play together. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. And I guess for him, for McConaughey, it was, it was like his moment. Like, oh, my God. Yes, like, that is, realization. Yeah, this is, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it, I get it. You, you know, you have that now. You're like, well, damn. This is how you really feel. This is how you really <laughs> feel. I get that. You, you, you come off. And this is that whole cognitive distance thing we were talking oh. about earlier. Like, there's this this uh, uh, selective rage that that's shared about certain things, but this is blatant. Yep. It's obvious. And you'll get out there and say, oh, you know, this country, we have some things. It's, it's a great country. We love our country, you know, but we've got some things we need to still work through. Things have gotten so much better. And everything that's being said, it's like, no, you're only saying this to make yourself feel better. Right. And you've done such a good job that you don't even realize you don't believe what you're saying. And, and that for me was the moment when I really realized it. But going to the job I have now, what I was going to say earlier was we have all these diversity and inclusion pushes. And, and they want to make sure that every culture has a, an opportunity to have a voice and to be represented and, and to, to receive whatever it is that they need. Yeah. But then you look at all the top level employees. All white. And my question has always been the same. When we're talking diversity and inclusion and we look at the numbers, the demographics of this organization, of that organization, of any company. When you realize that there's 95 percent of your executives, VPs, senior directors, senior leaders in general are white men. Are you going to take their job and put a person of color in there? No, no, no that ain't happening. Number one, it's not fair. I believe that it's not necessarily fair to that person. But number two. What happens next after you do that? So so for me, the concept of diversity and inclusion in a job is unrealistic unless you're talking about your low level employee. Yeah. And that's really what the focus is. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because when you break it down like that, it makes perfect sense because I feel like I fight this battle sometimes in, in, in my work. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about the, the lower level employee, like because I'm, I'm at the bottom, right? Or I guess I'm in the middle now, but still at the bottom, yes. not at the top. Right. But when we talk about these these pushes, mm-hmm. the low level is where, oh, well, we have so, you know, this many here mm-hmm. and we're doing way better than our numbers. Yes. We have this many here. Yes. But then when you start looking at the top, it's mm-hmm. like, well, there's none here. Mm hmm. Well, we're working on it. We're yeah. working. On it. Trust us. We're, mm-hmm. we're working on it. Be yes. patient. Yes. I get tired of hearing be patient. Yes. Because be patient means I don't really care. Yes. It's what it really means to me. I Anytime agree. somebody tells me to be patient, it means that they don't really care. Right. Because literally with a stroke of a pen, you can make stuff move if you're at the top. Easily. So anytime I hear be patient or we're working on it, that's bullshit to me. Mm-hmm. That, that, that my bullshit meter goes off. Yep, so, I agree. Ugh. And and here's me on my on my soapbox. I'm not for anybody listening right now. Please know, 
I am not telling you what to do with your decision and your right in terms of voting. Mm -hmm. But when I look at voting, to me, it's the same thing. It's who do we want to impact most? When these politicians come to these communities, what communities are they coming to? The communities, (laughs) black or poor white. They're coming to the low level. They're not going to the high level. So even in terms of, because there's a whole lot of people of color that are doing well. Those people are being utilized as tools for the most part when you hear the different pushes and you see all these black folks on TV saying something, generally it's not going to help other people of color. No. So that's the interesting thing. And what I would like to see, because we had our we had a black president. Yep. We had him. And and I, I still have respect for, for President Obama as a man. To me, he seems like a really good dude. Yeah. He seems like a politician, like every other politician who went to school to be a politician. So he went to be the president because he studied that in school. That was a job he was going after. He made it to the top of his field. I, was like, I don't know if he was. I think he he kind of got pushed. Cause, of course. Because they was like, oh, man, this have you heard this guy speak? But anyway, we're going to take a break. And okay. Yeah. Come, and we'll come, come back come and back talk about the voting thing. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Peace. Welcome back, everybody. So before we were talking about voting. Yeah. And I was, I was making that comparison. You was making a comparison. From my perspective, at least. So same thing when you have that diversity, inclusion, push in a job, how it, if, if it can look like it's impacting you somewhere, it's not going to be at the top. It's generally going to be at the bottom. Yep. So with voting, same things like that push. If you can make it look like you're really doing something to the bottom, yeah. that, you know, it doesn't change what's at the top. Exactly. And, and even with voting, let, let's be real. People vote for somebody who they see themselves in. Like fair, I'm, and I'm gonna be honest. Fair, <laughs> fair. We saw Barack Obama was like, "Hey, I mean, I I see myself, yeah. right?" <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, we got my man Trump right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of white folks saw themselves in him. Arrogant, pompous assholes. Yeah. They saw what they liked. Yeah. And that was what they wanted. So weird. Isn't that weird? So many women in that in that that age. Well, come on though. 40 to 60. It's so weird. But see, here's the thing. When when we're talking about white women, white women will stand by their man. That's true. We did talk about that before. All the time. Right or wrong. Because that's what they've been doing since the beginning of their time. And I, and I don't know if that's just a, a womanly thing. I'm going to stand by my man whether he's right or wrong. Like, I'm going to ride with him. Mm-hmm. Or I believe, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I've seen enough white women with money who let um, things go on. They know these things are going on. Mm-hmm. But because there's money involved, yeah, they turn a blind eye. Yeah. And, and I'll go a step further. And say, heck, you look at a lot of the professional athletes. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you remember Andre Kirilenko used to play for the Jazz. Mm -hmm. But they were actually on a talk show. I can't remember which one. It was like like Oprah or something like that. And they were talking about the fact that his wife allows him to have affairs while he's on the road. So for whatever, I can't really remember the reason that she gave for it. Yeah. But I mean, if you got a meal ticket, it's hard to. It's hard to let it go. It's hard to let it go. Yep. And so it's that, funny, like I even know somebody who's not. I mean, they probably got a little money, but mm-hmm. not like not like that type of money. Yeah. But I was talking to her, and she was like, she said, you know, to be honest, and I'm paraphrasing her. She's like, to be honest, like, she's like, my husband travels a lot. Mm-hmm. She's like, I would be naive to think. That he's that he doesn't interact with other women. Mm-hmm. She's like, I would hope that if he did do something, he protect he's, he's protecting himself mm-hmm. and not bringing any of that back to me. Mm-hmm. But I am not naive to know like that this may or may not be going on. Right. 
So like, I think that, you know, and, and maybe that's just a woman thing. Maybe in the back of their mind, they're like, I, this could go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that when you start big dollars involved, it's hard. It's, it's different. It's hard. It's different. And it's weird too, because uh, it, it, not to say this doesn't happen, but to flip the script, like I don't, I can't think of a situation where I knew a, a woman who was extremely wealthy and had a dude and she was doing what she wanted. And the dude was just like, I mean, you know, nah. you know, not to say it doesn't happen, you know, Oh, it, it definitely it, it's, it's got to, but you just don't see it as much. And I, I kind of wonder why that is. Because, you know, I think, I think as men, we have so much, especially black pride. men, we got so much yeah. pride. We're like, damn your money. I don't yeah. want none of that shit. Yeah. I'll go out and do what I want right. to do right. and be broke and be happy. Doing right. it. Like <laughs> I don't need yeah. you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a pride thing. Yeah. Men, um, men's pride yeah especially men's black men like you don't see white dudes doing that too much i guess they do i mean I, I don't i'm not white i don't know right so but and maybe it's it's one of those things too because it's it's not a whole lot that we as men of color have control over yeah except for things like that yeah so maybe that's probably why we uh, express it <laughs> so yeah. vigorously at times yeah. uh, especially in our youth uh hopefully not as you get older it should come a point in time when it gets old to you but yeah I, I always thought about that too. Like, man, I wonder why just, it's not a whole lot of areas in life where we have control and who we can mess with. Yeah. We do control that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting all on the song, but yeah. I digress. Yeah. I digress. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a hard left. We just took on that. Yeah, that, that was. A, a, <laughs> I digress on that. Um, but you know, I guess back to what we were talking about, knowing that it, that the world doesn't really care, mm-hmm. knowing when it, 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 you know, it didn't, it, it stopped caring for you essentially, right? Or think about this, and this just hit me. Think about how stuff goes viral mm-hmm. in, in in these United States, right? Okay. We got social media, the power of social media. Mm-hmm. The little girl in Flint, Michigan. The black girl mm-hmm. who's trying to get clean water. Mm-hmm. How long has it been since Flint's had clean water? I think we looked this up and it was like seven, eight years. Something it's, like it's that. Ten minute, years. Right? It, it's, it's been a significant am- amount of time to the point now where yeah. it should have been corrected. That little girl, has she's had, since since the day it happened, she's been trying to raise, what, a million or two million? Something, 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 something light. Something easy. Yeah, something light. And she still hasn't gotten it mm-hmm. for clean water for a city. Mm-hmm. But yet we got people out here. Like I want her to be her cause she's young. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a teenager now, right? But to be young and start that and then grow up as a teenager and, and, and see the progression, like how come this is getting funded? Mm-hmm. How come people are donating to this? How mm-hmm. come Susie, Ooh. little Susie has a, you know, a $10 million cancer thing mm-hmm. and it got fully funded. Right. But I'm trying to get, you know, clean water for a million, well, probably that's not a million people in Flint, but I don't know, a hundred thousand people in yeah. Flint, but my stuff doesn't get funded. Yeah. Like how does that make you feel? And what is it? And think about the psychological damage that, yeah. that, that does to you, mm-hmm. especially as a black child. Cause you're like, well, what what can I do? Yeah, well, I've done everything right. I've done everything possible right that I could do. I've reached out to the right people, and mm-hmm. yet my goal still isn't funded. Yeah, like that's a ch- like think about it. If that kid took that the wrong way, they could be like, man, they don't care about us, and that could that could change the whole traje- trajectory of for, a person's life. Yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. And and nobody thinks about it like that. Mm-mm. So so what happens now to your point if that little girl is so damaged by that? Well, that young lady yeah. is is now so jaded by her experience and her dealings with other culture that she she does become dogmatic. She does become angry. She does become violent. Not saying this will be the case, but how do you blame somebody when this has been their life from this age? And the the entire time they've been alive trying to do the right thing, like you just said, yep, doing all the right stuff, going the right direction, trying to live a certain way, and it don't matter. Yep. And it, it reminds me, as we talked about here before, 
but quoting the words of the immortal Michael Jackson, all I really want to say is they don't really care about us. Man, he said it perfectly. And and I think so. So let, let's um, let's do this. Let's define the world because the world is is an object. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't have feelings in the same sense that we have feelings. I do believe that Mother Nature is angry and, yeah. and, and help the spread of this COVID-19 <laughs> to purge herself. But it does. It's not like us. You know, like we get angry, we get vindictive, we get sad, we get anxious, we get nervous, all this crap. The world is people. So when we say the world doesn't care about us, what we're actually saying is people don't care about us. Yep. There are people that are struggling just like I'm struggling. So I know it's not those folks. So who is it that I'm talking about? And I'm going to simply say this. I'm not going to even assign a race to it because I don't think I need to. But the ones who don't care about me are the ones who have enough financial power, assets, resources Mm -hmm. to last several generations over. Why would they care about me? Yeah. You don't help their bottom line. They don't care. And that's, and that's the problem. That's the problem with, with the American culture. And I think Trump exemplifies this. He is the epitome of like business and people in these United States. Great example. Um, Because he, he never cared about his workers. Right. It was all, what can I get? I'm going to get as much as I can for from you and give you as little. Because mm-hmm. we know that he didn't pay um, his workers in his hotel. Yeah. And then when they sued him, he just he kept his lawyers drawing it out until they ran out until of money. Until they ran out, yep. So we, we, we know that this is the way it's been mm-hmm. since the beginning. Like mm-hmm. this is, and, and, it, and it's hard because as, as black people, we come from, we come from a land of plenty mm-hmm. and because the African continent was so big, right? Like we, we shared. And if we didn't, we went on somewhere else. Well, here it's not like that. And right. and I think that's, you know, European culture, because think about Europe, like it, Europe is relatively small yeah. in, in, in terms of like the United States or Africa, even Asia. Right. Mm-hmm. So their mentality was, we got to go and conquer, conquer because we don't, we don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. It's going to run out. Yeah. So, and that's, that's how it's always been. And that's what keeps perpetuating. The system just keeps going that way. Right. Like it's in the weird Think about it like that. Dude, that is so interesting. So I, I like a lot of the historical pieces um, for whatever reason, like uh, during the times of knights when they fought with swords, medieval times ish around that time. I love watching those movies. And one thing that is always true in every one of those movies or TV shows that are available right now, you see the same thing, famine. Yep. Now, not to say there's not famine that takes place in certain parts of Africa, but there's always something. And, and I don't even know, I'd have to do more research on that whole famine in Africa thing because I don't, I don't know how that would work. But Well, I mean, we know that there's been famine there, like especially in the areas close to the Sahara the desert, where, it doesn't, yeah. where it doesn't rain. So right. You know that, but I mean, look how big you can move somewhere else. Right? And see, that's what I'm saying. Like in all those movies, they can be right in this land where it's plush. They get all, you know, Europe, it rains a lot. So yeah. they get the rain, they get the vegetation growth. And I'm just thinking like, how is there always people starving? Yep. Always people without. But like you said, Africa's a continent with, with plenty. And so there's not this desire that's built inside of you. Hey, we got to be prepared for when this runs out to go take it from somebody else. Yep. So I've always thought that the reason why we were such easy targets in terms of slavery, because that type of mentality was never inside of, it was never a part of us to be ones to be like, Hey, we need to go take from somebody else. Like we talked about Barracoon. There was a specific part and they were talked about, as as a village would go, uh, an army would go to maybe conquer another village, the flags would tell you what state that village was in. Yep. And certain flags represented, hey, we're not ready. We don't have a leader. We don't have a king. Yep. And there would be a level of respect from that invading party 
who if it wasn't for that, they'd go in there and try to kill everybody. And they, exactly. It'd be a war. There'd be enough respect to say, all right, they're not ready for this. We're going to pass on by and go to the next one. We'll get them when they're ready. See, and that's crazy because like in Barracoon, you know, there was a, there was a part and and for for those who don't know what we're referring to, Barracoon is a book. Uh, it is written by uh, was it Zora Zora mm-hmm. Neale Hurston, mm-hmm. um, but it is an account from one of the last living slaves or enslaved persons in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written in the twenties or the thirties, yeah. but they released this book maybe four or five years ago. Um, but he literally um, and what was the guy's name? I keep wanting to. I just um, forgot his name. It wasn't him. Like I'm trying to think of his regular, like his American name. Right. It was uh, was it like Henry or something? I can't remember. His last name was Buchanan, I think, or his American. Right. Uh, Buchanan. I'm had to think on it's on the tip of my tongue. But either way, him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking about all the things that happened in in his home country before mm-hmm. he was essentially taken. Yeah. And again, what Joel was saying, you know, there would be there would be. Um, tribes let's say the king died and there it was a child king mm-hmm. literally they would fly flags to let others know hey look we have a child king give us some time and then you can come back and we can we can we, we can, can get down mm-hmm. yeah and just think of that respect that yes. we had and that respect has i mean when you when you talk about the american culture and how we have done this yes that's that's out the window not the, yeah. we we think about it to win the to, to win the the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. right? To win that, what we do, we had to fight guerrilla warfare. Right. Shoot a little, run back into the woods. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's just how it works here. And, and and don't get me wrong, these tactics have been used by everybody across the world. Mm-hmm. But just the sheer, um, what am I trying to say? What Lack they've done f- here in, the, in these United States yeah. and what we are used to and what has been perpetuated time after time after time mm-hmm. and what we know this is what we got. Put I'll put it to you like this and I'll simplify it. When the when Columbus and his boys made their way here and and claimed to make peace with the natives, we know what they did next. Mm-hmm. That's cowardly. Yep. You knew that people were sick and you were bringing a disease that was foreign to these folks. So hey, here's some blankets. Take these blankets. They'll keep you warm. You don't have to sleep by a fire. You can get up under these. Yep. That right there is treachery, deceit, and it shows a lot about the character of a person. So looking at the character of those people who did that, perpetuated that, then I look about, or perpetrated, not not perpetuated, but perpetrated that. And then you look at what we talked about in Barracoon. Oh, we're here on on a mission to take over. Oh, wait, they're not ready. All right, that's cool. Yeah, We'll come back later. That's two totally different characters. Yep. The rules of engagement are totally different. And to your point again, you think about those earlier civilizations in Europe. That would not have been the case. No. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. There could be 50 people in that castle. Yep. And seven, I mean, and the vast majority be old people, workers, everybody got to die. Yeah. And see, even and then going back to Barracuda, and, and this is such a this book needs to be read by Every, everybody everybody literally yeah. everybody but um think about it even when they came in let's say that they came back took over they would kill a couple people like the you know the warriors mm-hmm. like because that's that was their job but that their was, job it. was a fight mm-hmm. so they would die they'd take everybody else they would either sell them to another um sell them to another uh tribe mm-hmm. or they would assimilate them into the culture. Mm-hmm. And and they would usually allow them. See, and that's, again, that's the crazy part about it. The goal was never, and people talk about this all the time, well, Africans sold other Africans into slavery. Yes, but the goal was never to eradicate the entire race exactly. from the earth. Exactly. That was never the goal. When you look at slavery in terms of our the Europeans' version and method of it, the goal was to get rid of all of them. Mm-hmm. We need them to do this. If they don't do it, just kill them. We don't need them. That's not the way it was in African culture. Hey, we're here. We're we're taking over. This is ours now. You can either be a part of us, or you can continue to fight us, and we'll just get rid of you. Yep. 
And if we have to kill you, maybe we'll kill you. But the reality was, if you, I guarantee you, if you could look at, you know, a movie of, of this actually happening versus something that actually happened in slavery over here, it would be a totally different scenario. Yep. It's, dude, it's, it's, it's insane. And again, you know, I'm, I'm a history dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be, that's why I'll be putting you on these books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, definitely a book that I, I suggest um, people to read is called American Uprising. It is the story about the biggest slave revolt in these United States, mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see everything that we've talked about you'll see, mm-hmm. right? Because you have this group of Africans who were stolen from the land. Some of them were warriors and they found other people from tribes or mm-hmm. close by connected with them. Hey, this is what we need to do. They, they went to the, because in Louisiana at that time, you could, they could mingle with in the others. town mm-hmm. with, with the others. Mm-hmm. They still had their drums the, the drums played their war songs. Mm-hmm. So the other Africans knew what was up, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? So yep. even then, once they tried to take over, it wasn't like they were going from plantation to plantation to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. They went from plantation to plantation to kill the main... The, like, the, the drivers. Right, the, the drivers, drivers. And then everybody else come on. We don't care who you are. Everybody else come on. Yeah. This, is, this, is where we, this is where we are now because yeah. we trying to go back yeah, I would suggest everybody read that. It's called yeah. American Uprising. That's a good one. Literally, they somebody needs to make a movie out of it because it. As as I'm reading it, I'm I, I need popcorn. Yeah, because it's that good. Yeah, and one of the persons in there, one of the well, the main guy who started the the revolt was actually a mulatto man. Mm. And when I say mulatto, if nobody knows what mulatto means, that <laughs> means it was a, he was a mixed gentleman. Yes, matter of fact, I think his. And I put this in quotes. His daddy um, was the owner of the plantation, and he let he literally worked in the big house because again he was light skinned. He was a driver, mm-hmm. and he led this whole revolt. Mm. Think about that. That's he killed powerful. his own. He killed his own people to help his other people. Yeah. Think about that. That's crazy. I'm trying to tell you, though, this book is like, you need popcorn to read it. Okay. You're gonna be like, oh my god. Oh my God, he did what? Yeah. <gasps> oh my Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the way it is. So. Okay. But anyway, um, do, 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 we run out of time. I figured. Always, it always ends up like that. We'll get going and then. Yeah. Next thing you know. Next thing you know, you're out of time. But, um, <sighs> okay. I mean, we got a little bit. What's on your mind? You, you know, just kind of sticking to this topic, I, it's so weird that we're not there. It's, it's not weird we're having this conversation, but it's interesting to think about there's not a whole lot of people who have ever came to me with this type of conversation and that leads me to believe one of two things one they've never thought about it two it's not something that they wanted to share with me and I'm not talking about random people I'm talking about people that you have conversations with where you're talking about building life and doing all these positive you don't hear this conversation that much And I think that's why this show is so, so important for me specifically being selfish here because being able to talk about a lot of this stuff that's on my mind and in my heart, just to get it out there, it feels so good. But then to think about, man, everything that I'm saying, I'm not saying this. Like I don't have an agenda outside of empowering men of color to be able to discuss their thoughts and emotions and feelings and all that good stuff. Same here. I'm not trying to, cause a, a revolt where people go and try to kill a bunch of people. That, that's not my goal here. Not at all. But when I look back and I think, and I compare the difference in, in our ancestry versus our counterparts ancestry, the order of operations, the way we moved so different, so different. And I hate to say it sounds like it, but I, I really can't preface it or, or try to clean this up, but it's almost like, like that evil is just in them. Not not to say that there aren't people of color who don't do evil things because there are. Oh man, evil evil isn't evil. Evil ain't racist. Yeah, yeah. Like evil evil will go wherever it needs yes. to go. <laughs> it will go wherever. But when we talk about a predisposition, 
and and you hear that oh well black people are predisposed to criminality that's that's bs yeah but you put people in a powder keg they're gonna blow eventually exactly so so that makes sense you can say that and then make it happen because you have the power to but when you are not forced to do something but you're gonna do it just because you want to do it yeah that's that says just to better myself just to better myself i'm already good yeah. We already have generational wealth. We already had hundreds of years of free labor, which means we've got hundreds of years of generational wealth. We ain't pay taxes on it. We ain't pay wages. It was 100% profit. Yep. Here we are now, and I'm going to turn you down for a small business loan. I'm going to turn you down for that mortgage loan. I'm going to turn you down for that car loan. I'm going to drop your credit score 300 points because you didn't pay your student loans back to go to this college, to get an education, to get a job where we tell you you need to. You're not even educating yourself with things that will help you be a better person. You're just getting an education and how to find your way in in this world, in this corporate America structure. And when I think about that, it that is that reminder also that this world don't care about me. Exactly. That was that was gonna be my point. I was like, what did you just learn by saying yes. all of that? <laughs> and you took it right out of my mouth. Yeah. This world does not care about me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that at some point we have to realize that. Mm-hmm. And at some point we have to 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 essentially use this term as the as they say in the hood, you gotta get it out the mud. Mm-hmm. Cause literally that's where we're at. Yes. So we literally gotta get it out the mud. So so let's do this with the little bit of time we got left. Give some suggestions on how to come straight out the mud, as my boy Toby Wigway would say. Man, I'm I'm gonna say like this. I'm a big I'm a big history dude. Mm-hmm. You need to read some of these books. Mm-hmm. Um, Stamp from the beginning is one, a big one. Brainwashed by Tom Burrell. Mm-hmm. So if you if you know the tactics that these people are using against you, mm-hmm. you'll recognize them mm-hmm. and you'll steer clear of them. So I say get into some of these books, especially that one. Like I said. Brainwashed by Tom Burrell um, and Stamp from the Beginning. Because okay. if, you, if you see those, then you'll understand. And even if you haven't seen 13th yet on, on Netflix, mm-hmm. get in that. Watch mm-hmm. that. Yep. Another another big thing I always tell people, read Martin Luther King's Letters from the Birmingham Jail. Yep. If you read that, as a matter of fact, they got it on audiobook. It's one hour. Yeah. Take one hour of your time. Mm-hmm. Listen to Letters from the Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King. And if you don't see any parallels, then we got a problem. Come right. c- call me. Yeah. Re- matter of fact, shoot me an email. Yeah. BG was it BGTcast at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my suggestion. I love them. I love it. I and and for me, I, I'll I'll take it to a uh a, a, a slightly, I don't even want to say simpler, but just more of a a foundational principle, which is treat the people that look like you better. Mm. Simply start there. Just just the people that look like you, treat them better. We so quick to get into fights with people that look like us. Like the, the whole gang concept. I mean, I, I know where it started, how it started, but where it is today is so sad. Like you so quick to bang on somebody that look like you. But yep. then there will be somebody like uh, uh, Trayvon Martin's killer. I forget it's George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Walking around poking fun, basically, at the fact that this happened. And again, I'm not telling anybody to go and kill anybody, but I'm saying you'll go kill your brother because he walked around on your neighborhood wearing the wrong color. Wearing the wrong color. But this dude killed one of your brothers and you don't and care. throwing it in your face. Yeah. Like what you gonna do about it? Yeah. So just start start treating people that look like you better. Treat people in general with respect yep. as they deserve it. If they don't deserve it, then, you know, you you have the right to withhold that. But just be a respectful human being. Treat the people that look like you the right way and and just work on how can I be better every day? One percent is the new rule for me. Every day, I just want to get one percent better. Yeah, it's a constant fight. I'll never pass the test to be the greatest version of Joel. But one percent, do something different or do something better each day to improve yourself. I like it. Well, you got anything else? No, nah, man. That's my final thought today. Okay. Well, mine too. Um, hey, you have heard the announcements. Go out, 
and do accordingly yes, to sir. them. <laughs> get up, get out, get something. All right. Well, y'all have a good Memorial Day, and I guess we out. Peace. <laughs>